Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. So this morning, we're going to do something a little bit differently for Mother's Day, and uh, we're going to have a group of folks to come up and join me. So if you got invited to be a part of this, y'all come on up, and uh, we're going to uh, have kind of just some perspectives from different people uh, for Mother's Day. And um, anyway, let me share a couple of, of, of verses of scripture with you, because Mother's Day is one of those things. Guys, come on, just find your seat anywhere up here. Sierra, it's good to see you. So I'm going to introduce these guys in, in just a second. And so we tried to pick people from kind of different uh, backgrounds that have something to add. And, you know, as, I, as I'm reading scripture, of course, all of us know, honor your father and mother. Uh, we know that's one of the Ten Commandments that God uh, gives to us, but this is actually what the commandment says. It says in Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, he's quoting the scripture from the Old Testament. And Paul says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. Just obey them because you belong to the Lord. And what did Jesus say? If you love me, you'll keep my what? Commandments. And he's basically saying, hey, if you love me, you'll love your parents. Doesn't matter if they're good or bad parents. Doesn't matter what your relationship with them. See, I, I didn't know that. I went through a period of time in my life where my, I did not have a good relationship with my mom. And Mother's Day was a very hard time for me. And, you know, I shared that with you uh, before many times. It's not anymore, but it was. And I didn't, I didn't honor my mom. I didn't respect my mom. And... Uh, I, it was so hard for me to, to go through Mother's Day until the Lord gave me this revelation of Scripture. And he said, listen, you're not doing it for any other reason. I mean, you can do it for other reasons, but at the very baseline, you're doing it because you belong to me and you love me. And if you love me, you'll do what I say. And I say, honor your mom and dad. And then he says this, for it's the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. He says, if you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you. I don't know about you, but I want things to go well for me. He said, if you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will live a long life on the earth. You know, um, honor looks different. My mom is 88 years old, and... I have seen her honor my grandmother in ways that I didn't think looked honorable. And then as I got to be an adult, I'm like, oh, wow, she really, really, really honored my mom uh, or my grandmother. But as a kid, it didn't look like honor. It looked mean kind of to me. <laughs> but, you know, and I'm sure she had some things she had to work out. But she honored my mom, my grandmother so much that uh, she pretty much uh, took my grandmother and for half of her life 
was her caregiver. And that is a huge way to honor. And I'm like, I truly believe because my mom took such great care of my grandmother that that's why my mom has lived such a long life. Uh, and if you've ever seen a picture of my mom, she does not look 88 years old. Uh, you can check her out on my Facebook. I honored her. And so I just wanted to kind of dive in uh, uh, and say this before we dive, uh, dove in. Um, emotions are subjective. So everybody in here is going to have, like, you're, you are going to have your emotion for today. And uh, just because you have a, an emotion that might be hard, uh, you know, a lot of times people are like, well, we don't want certain people to be left out or we don't want certain people to feel uncomfortable. And uh, however you're feeling, it's okay for you to own those feelings. Like, it's okay for you to own your feelings. And if you're still in a mad not good relationship phase with your mom, um, it's okay for you to be there because I was there. And I can't, I can't look at you and go, well, you need to get over that because, like, I had to get over it, you know? And I had to have the grace from the Lord and people with me to get beyond that. And so wherever you are, your emotions are going to be subjective. They're yours, and you have to get to them at a certain point. And we're not saying that you have to feel like we feel. You know what I'm saying? It's like at the end of the service, like uh, if, you, if you have some, some hurt there or if you have some whatever, uh, well, you need to feel like we feel by the end of our time today. No, that's something that you're going to have to work out with Holy Spirit and yourself and hopefully your family. And we'll be glad to talk with you and help you through that if you would like. And so your emotions are your own and that we're all at different stages of healing and forgiveness, even on the stage. And so when we're talking to you today, we're asking you like, hey, try not to judge us where we are. Like, give us the grace to be at wherever whatever stage of healing that we're in, uh, whatever stage of forgiveness that we're in. And uh, hopefully that through all of this, the Lord's going to grow us. All right. So these are just our stories. They're not your stories. I'm sure that you've got some great stories, uh, some horrible stories, some hurtful stories, some traumatic stories. We all have those. But these are just a few of ours. So starting down here, Pastor Greg, uh, <laughs> he is our assistant pastor, and uh, he's going to be talking to us about his relationship with his mom some. Mom and daughter team right here, and uh, so they're going to be talking a little bit about, uh, well, I don't know if all that, you know, I don't know if I can say all that, but is that public? I guess it is. It's, it's out there. So it's like there's a... Uh, yeah, it's her first Mother's Day prenatal. Uh, so we got grandmother, mother, and uh, I'm Rife. This is my beautiful wife, Shay, uh, the lovely Miss Sierra, and the handsome Mr. Allen Waldrop. And so anyway, guys, so we're just going to talk, and it's, it's just a conversation that we're having today about motherhood. And, um, you know, when it comes to motherhood, God, this is, I just want to acclimate us 
real quick, that this is worship, what we're doing. Like what we're doing is as much worship as if I were preaching a, a sermon or whatever, because what we're doing is we're honoring what God designed. And this is such a big thing for us because, um, because the enemy has gotten into so many relationships. And we're going to be vulnerable, all right? So it might we might need some time to pause and cry and whatever, uh, but we're going to be vulnerable. And again, I just want to share with you guys one more time that uh, please let us just be safe up here. Let us give us give us the grace, uh, the privilege, if you will, to let us just talk to you about some of our uh, successes and some of our failures. Okay. All right. So anyway, I'm going to start off with Greg. We don't have to kind of go in a row, but I'm going to start off with Greg. Uh, and oh yeah, we. That, thank you for keeping me on track. Uh, let's let's uh, let's say our declaration. And uh, Greg, you can stand if you want to. I have to stand. Uh, let let's let's say our declaration. I forgot that was on the screen. So if you're at home, say it with us. I will constantly guard my heart and align it with God's holy word for everything I do flows from it. Amen. Amen. So uh, in Mother's Day, as we're going into this, I just want to remind you, if you've not heard me say this before, this is one of my favorite uh, uh, quotes for Mother's Day. Uh, I typically say it when we're doing children's uh, dedications. Andy Stanley says that the greatest contribution to the kingdom may not be something that you do, but someone you raise. I am so glad that my mom raised me, took me to church, because I'm not trying to puff myself up, but I just think, uh, but I am confident enough in my calling to say, her raising me, my mom's never been to Africa. She's never been to Colombia or Mexico or Honduras or Europe anywhere. But because of her faithfulness and taking me to church, like she gave the kingdom something. And all those places, even though she's never been there physically, she's been there because she made the investment. So moms, thank you so much. So Greg, um, you... Uh, started, uh, we're going to start with you, and you are going to talk to us a little bit about your relationship with your mom, okay? So, um, just uh, without me saying anything more, just start us off, okay? Where do you want to start? Uh, just, we, what specifically? Uh, well, you're, you, you and I were talking, and one of the things you said immediately was, um, I didn't have a good relationship with my mom. Yeah, I mean... So that's that's Talk true. To them, okay, if you don't mind. okay. So I'll, I'll I'll start from the beginning. So my mom and dad divorced when I was two. Uh, they remarried when I was twenty-two, and I'd already been married for two years. That's fun. Um, but my mom and dad divorced because my mom was a drug addict. She um, and if she watches online today, hey mom, she understands that I talk about this stuff. Um, she she had a drug problem. She had a drug problem for twenty years, and so my experience growing up was. I would be with my dad. I'd go see my mom on the weekend. I'd stay at my aunt's house where she would come visit while they did drugs and the kids played downstairs. Mm. And so years of that, hit teenage life, my mom does crack in front of me. And uh, I don't, like, 
that's a hard thing to deal with when you're a kid. And uh, so fast forward a couple more years, I have a kid. I lay out ground rules with my parents on how we're going to do life because I have kids and there's certain things that aren't going to happen in front of them or um, that I'm aware of. And so I laid it out and I'm like, hey, drugs are not going to be in my kids' lives because they were mine my entire life. And uh, the first time that she, my mom is a binger. So if you know what that is, she'll go years without doing any drugs and then be completely disappear off the face of the earth for three weeks. And uh, the first time that happened, when Caden was a baby, I said, if it happens again, you're out of our lives. Well, it happened again. I didn't speak to my mother for three years. Now, I did honor her because every Mother's Day and her birthday, I left gifts on the porch for her. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't speak to her for three years. I didn't let her speak to my kids um, because that had, she had violated that. Like, we had, we had made it pretty clear where we were. Um, That's been, now Caden's 10, so that's seven years ago that that all happened. That three-year period went where she didn't see our kids. And we started working on our relationship. It's really rocky because if you know, you know, people that are in recovery, integrity is not one of their strong suits, you know. And so there's just a lot of little lies that get said, and I call them out constantly. And it's how we're keeping our, health, our relationship healthy. Because actually something my mom said to me yesterday is I love where our relationship is right now when she hugged me when we were celebrating Mother's Day. And, uh, and, I, and I hugged her, and I knew what she, I know how she perceives it. She thinks everything's back to normal. And for me, it's not back to normal. Like, I love my mother, and I honor her. I do not trust her. That's a weird place to be with family. And, uh, and so, you know, for those of you that have people that you, that you raise up and you train up, like, you should really, like, really respect what the, the power you have over people's lives because little decisions make a big difference. And, uh, you know, you know, we, we talk about trauma a lot here, and, you know, people, different, people with different traumas, but you don't, like, be, be 12 years old at a, at a hotel and police show up because your cousin called the cops because he's seen needles in the trash can, and your mom gets hauled off to jail. Like, those are some, those are some pretty traumatic experiences growing up. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I've, I've really done well in my relationship with my mother and my kids is, is I've had to kind of separate how I feel about things and how their relationship is. And, uh, and so I, we do that in a, a few different ways. Like there's some security measures that we have in place for safety and things. But for the most part, we're just, <laughs> we're just, we're just trucking through it. And I love my mom. I honor her, but I don't trust her is kind of where I am in life. Yeah. So you're, you're working through it. And, uh, you know, after a, a number of years of distrust, hurt, that's good. You got anything? Um, so I guess probably my question would be for those who are listening who feel like they're in similar situations, um, what advice would you give them as far as how to, how to walk through that? Well, the, the same thing I tell youth students here every Wednesday, if you want to learn how to live life, come join us on youth, youth nights. But um, uh, I am who I am, regardless of who other people are. That's one of the things I tell, like any youth student that comes through Elevate can tell you that, that that's one thing we probably say every week. And that's because regardless of who she is and how she's interacted with me in my life, I am who I am. And it doesn't change who I, how I interact with her, you know, regardless of how I feel. So, 
did you have to come to a place of uh, forgiveness? Yeah, like, the, what I did mean, that yeah, look I mean, like? Yeah, so there, I mean, during that three-year period, like, I, and I, I, how many times have I come to you and be like, hey, heart check me on this, mm-hmm. on different things, you know, because I'm very cautious that I'm not hurting, you know, that I'm not actually detrimental to my mm-hmm. witness. But, you know, I, I did. There was, there was like three years of no conversations, but there was definitely forgiveness or Mother's Day and birthday presents wouldn't have got left on the porch, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. So being in relationship, too, with people like you, several times you would come and, and you were having a difficult time. And uh, he, would, he would just say, hey, man, I just need to make sure that my heart is in the right place with this because I'm struggling here. Tell me, you know, like, where, I, where am I out of line or whatever? And we would just have those conversations. And, and that's what I would recommend, Shay, is if, if you're struggling, like, get people that you trust. And, hey, tell me if I'm right or wrong here. And don't get people that agree with you on everything because they're going to tell you you're right when you're wrong. Uh, I, got, I, I asked people that I knew would hold me accountable to whether or not I was right. That's good. You know, Shay corrected me, uh, I think it was yesterday. Uh, I mean, she corrects me a lot, but yesterday uh, she corrected me. She aligned my heart. Uh, because we're we're going through a lot of old pictures, uh, and uh, there was one I, I don't know one of me and my mom, and she was hugging me, and my mom is not a hugger, a, an affectionate person, and I am, and like that's one of the things. Like growing up, I just was starved uh, for attention from my mom, and I saw it, and. When I saw that picture, I'm like, I don't even remember that picture. Like, and I said some snarky little comment. I don't remember what it was. Don't say it. Uh, but it was something about, uh, you know, that picture. And, and like, uh, uh, I don't know. It was just a jerky comment to make. And she corrected me and got me back in alignment with respect and honor for my mom. And um, so, anyway, thank you. Uh, and we do need people to correct us. Yeah, and, and I'm at a place where a perspective is everything. Um, because of things that, that happen, like um, we have adult kids, and last year they got to share with me some really things that were on their hearts that, that broke my heart. But they needed to share those things. So I, I'm a mom. I'm willing to listen because for me, relationship with them is everything. So no matter how much it hurt me to hear those things, I was going to listen and give them an ear because I wanted them to know that I love them and care for them. Um, and their perspective is, is important. It's, it's their perspective. That's how they view what happened. So it, it doesn't matter if my perspective's different. They feel this way. So, you know, that's one thing that we have to keep in mind. Like, um, for me, the perspective was your mom probably had a whole lot of things going on with seven kids um, and was making sacrifices all the time mm-hmm. that you never thought or considered um, and probably some of the frustration came out in 
ways that seemed like she was angry with you, which I don't think she was. I, she may have just been reacting to her own world, but it was her, you know, it's perspective. Where are you? What's your thought? And so um, your perspective may be that, you know, your situation with your mom wasn't great. And um, she was all about what's going on in her life. And um, so perspective, I think, is really important. Yeah. One thing I want to commend, like, Shay uh, on is, um, you know, when we had the the family getting, you know, it's like Armageddon, (laughs) family getting (laughs) or whatever. Um, And I'm like, oh, my God, our world (laughs) is falling apart. And it was so painful and hurtful and, um, oh, I would never wish it on anybody. And, you know, and I'm like, I thought, like, we were great parents. And we raised our children in church and we, we really are at, I think, we are the same people at home that we are here. Like we don't have secret lives, but you know, our children were sharing some things with us and like that we did not do well as parents. And again, you know, we can get into debating, you know, that's just not true. There's no empirical evidence for it and yada, yada, yada. You know, you can do all that and lose your relationship with your kids. And I just kept saying, relationship above anything else. Like, relationship above anything else. Like, that's the most important. Like, we've got to maintain relationship with our parents or, or with our kids as parents. We cannot sever relationship or, or allow them to. So let's do whatever we can. And... uh you know, and I just want to commend you because, like, during that time, uh, you you really, really, really humbled yourself. Uh, and, I, and I feel like I humbled myself to be able to say, um, I'm not going to defend myself. I'm just going to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry that we created that experience for you. And, um, and so it's, there's a lot of healing that's taken place uh, in our family. And um, I'm just going to tell you guys, man, you never know where you will be. And as we were going through that, I'm like, <clears throat> but we're not those people. We're not those people who have these issues. Like, we're not those people. We're Christians. We're a godly family. We raised godly children. We're not those people. And we were those people. And it was devastating to, to you know, to realize, like, how did we get here? And... It, it just will help you operate in so much grace when you begin to see, uh, not that I was judgmental, but to, to the degree that I said, we're not those people. 
that lets you know, I thought that we could never be that. And we had somehow ended up there. And uh, praise God for healing, though. Yay, God. Yes, uh, definitely. You know. um, one thing before we close out, Greg, I was going to share from, from the perspective of seeing you go through this um, with your mom. Uh, I honor you for respecting her and for letting her know she was loved because that's very important. Even if you have issues with your family, they need to know that they're loved by you. And you still honored your boundaries for your own yeah. family unit. So thank you for doing that. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, so uh, let me see. I've got um, uh, Glenna and Stephanie. Um, you guys have so much from you're pregnant. This is your, you know, you're, you're going to have a, 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 another child. Another child. Uh, you guys have had a time where you've kind of been away from the Lord. There's, so you've got that experience that you can share. And then um, Glenna probably wouldn't say this stuff to you about herself. But Glenna, I'm telling you what, if you look up mother in the dictionary, like I promise you her picture is there. Uh, because I'm like, how many people do you have living in your house that are not your family? <laughs> You know, and I'm like, there are people uh, like Darius was uh, a mutual friend of, of all of ours. Um, he was talking about uh, mom and, and, and dad. And I'm like, you know, I thought your mom was deceased. And he's like, oh, I'm talking about Glenna. And I'm like, oh, wow, you, you have had a big motherly impact uh, on so many uh, people. So just I'll take it away. Talk a little bit. It's true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, which is really all the more remarkable when you know that I used to tell my mom from the time I was a teenager into my early 20s, don't be looking at me for any grandkids because it's not happening. So I went from, I do not want kids. I'm never having kids. Look at my brothers for that. To... When I surrendered to the Lord, he just changed my heart completely, and I wanted a family. And I said, whatever you want to give me, I will take it. So I have five biological children, and I don't think there's a number <coughs> for the rest of them. But, yes, shout out to Darius because he spent the night smoking Boston butts to deliver to my house so I don't have to cook today. And he brought me roses last night. <laughs> but it's true. Um, you know, when God changes you, you really are not, you don't know what you're going to get. It's like, what? <laughs> I went from, no, I'm never having kids, to I have several of my own and several that call me mom and treat me mm -hmm. just like mom. And, yes, we do have an open-door policy at our house. It's, no, we... <laughs> People come and go all the time. People stay for a long time. They're hippies. Sometimes. They're hippies. They're really hippies. <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> um, I don't think I could have done the mother thing without him. And I, I was telling him this morning on the way here, thank you for not listening to me, for not giving me what I spoke over myself. Because I have some remarkable kids. 
And uh, perspective is an amazing thing because I've spent time beating myself up over things I didn't do right. When you see your kids go astray, and then sometimes they point those things out to you. And then I've had other people come up to me and tell me they can see through my kids what a good job I did. And it's like, Lord, I don't understand that. But it's pretty amazing when you know that he did the work. And um, I know there's one person on our panel here that the Lord gave a special word to me one time, to me and Harold, about our kids. Alan was at a, a prophetic meeting, and the Lord just gave him something for us. And it was so encouraging to me to know not only was I on God's mind, but he knew what was bothering me and wanted to reassure me that, you know, we put the work in, we took them to church, we raised them, we did a lot of things wrong, which I think we all do. We make mistakes, we fall short, but in the long run, he knows my heart. And my heart is for my kids to follow the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I, to this day, stand on that, that he is going to do the work in them, in his time. Yeah, It's not anything I can force. I love my kids, and I trust them to the mm-hmm. Lord. No matter what they've been through, no matter how many times they break my heart, <laughs> I love my kids, and I know they're going to serve him with their lives. Come on. Yeah. Declare it. Yeah. So, uh, Stephanie, there was a time in your life that you uh, walked away from the Lord. Um, you, like, talk about just a little bit about, like, what was that like with you guys? What did you see out coming out of your mom? I don't know if y'all have ever talked about that, but, like, what did you, what did you see coming from your mom during that, that time? Um, as much as I didn't respect her, she respected that I was going through things. And that I just needed to, I just needed to go through them. And it was, it was hard. It was definitely hard for both of us because, um, she, you know, she wanted me to be that person and I, I wasn't that person at all. I was, you know, going out all the time, doing drugs and drinking all the time. And, and I know it broke their hearts, mm-hmm. but they just continued to pray for me. And I don't know where I would be if they didn't. And going back to perspective, it was always on my mind what I went through. Mm -hmm. And I I can't beat somebody up for doing things that I know I did myself. And the Lord brought me back to him, brought me to where I needed to be. Mm -hmm. So I just needed to be there for her and keep praying and waiting on the Lord. I think that's such a powerful thing that you just said. Uh, because the Lord had to do that in me too. Uh, And that was like a lot of times once we come to a certain place and we we find the grace, we we then don't extend the same grace to others. Uh, We expect a different standard or a different uh, place for them. And that's something that I think is so beautiful. It's like, you know, when you've been through some things, it's like you can give people grace. And I want to encourage you guys to just be patient with people. Give them grace. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard. It's the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. It really mm-hmm. is. Because 
sometimes you want things to happen when you want them to happen and it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. 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 And when she's talking about multiple children going through things all at the same time, yeah. it feels like serious overload. I mean, mm. it, it was some of it was just heartbreaking. It's your fault for having so many. I know. <laughs> I know. He did Sh it. Shannon, I just had two. It's like that way. It's like no, but I I can only imagine the stress or the emotions that I felt like if you're feeling it on multiple levels. Not to throw any of your kids under the bus, but. You know, like, yeah. so you had multiple oh, well. issues oh, yeah. going yeah, on. It's true, exactly what you were describing. <clears throat> you know, you go through with several of them, and some days there, you come to a point where you're like, Lord, is this going to end at some point? You know, it's that little verse, this too shall pass, became my mantra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it's going to get better. I know it will. And, you know, some days it feels like heaping on you, just mm -hmm. heaping on you. That's where his grace comes in. That was the other line in that song that I just loved this morning. He covers me with grace. Yeah. He covers me with grace. Because if he didn't, I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have hurt somebody really She bad. did. Oh, don't tell that one. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I ran that risk coming up here. Uh, hey, sometimes you got to hurt. I'm, I'm just saying. It just, you know, I can't tell you how many It's times. one of the small privileges that comes with being a parent. Um, so what, if from your mom, what's one thing that, that when you look at her, you go, as a, as a mom, I want to have that characteristic from her? She's a very nurturing person. She can hug you for like 10 minutes and <laughs> not even want to let you go. It, it's, it gets to the point where you're like, okay, okay I, I've got to go to work now. Can, I, can you stop? <laughs> But it's, it's very comforting, and she can just look at you and, and just say, baby, and you just start crying. <laughs> like, I didn't even know something was wrong until you looked at me. Thanks. <laughs> wow. I learned a little trick with the hug, too. You know how we call out the golden people? So if you just start, start speaking stuff over them for their day, <laughs> you can have a longer hug. Yeah. Just speak yeah. stuff. Glenna's superpower. I swear, it really is. <laughs> she uh, can make you cry in 10 seconds. <laughs> so she's just very nurturing, and yeah, that's kind of what you want to and take. I, I didn't respect her as much as I should have growing up. I didn't respect either of them, really. But after the prodigal experience that mm -hmm, I had, mm -hmm. and then coming back, I really realized, you know, I put that perspective in of, you know, I'm not the only child that they have. They have four other kids, and they've been dealing with a lot from everyone because, you know, there were there were two ahead of me that went wayward, and then I kind of was like the cherry on the cake, and then, you know, two more followed behind, and it's like, like they're probably like, You're next when is to the last, gonna? you know? But Nathan went after me. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So I know that there's hope for them because mm -hmm. I remember where I was and, and what I went through. And and I just continue to pray for them because that's that's all that really got me through. Nobody could tell me anything. So, yeah, now I get the privilege of hearing her exclaim 
certain things about this and that and the other, and I'll just look at it and go, oh, you get it now, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a lot wow. of that going on. <laughs> but is, isn't that beautiful? It's, uh, what is it, Proverbs 22, uh, where, you know, train, train them Train your up children in the way they should go. That when they're yeah. older, they won't depart from it. And it's like you, you are seeing that, yeah. you know, right there in the flesh. That was actually the first of the day yesterday. Wow, that's so good. It's really, really good. You know, when you were talking, Stephanie, about uh, when your mom was talking about you realizing some things, that's one thing that I know for sure personally that I couldn't understand some things about what my mother did until I became a mother. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, you're oblivious. You're oblivious to the sacrifices. You're oblivious to the behind-the-scenes things yeah, right. that your mom did to to make sure that you were cared for and loved. And um, you're oblivious to the the heart walking outside of your body because y'all are out walking around. And, and those are things that, again, the perspective is yeah. is different because... Uh, you experience it then yeah. and then and there are so many stages because there are phases of life yeah. um, I know that we don't have everybody represented in this um, panel because every mother situation it would just get too big and um, we actually had a single mom that had another obligation so we can't cover all the examples but there are so many different situations that each of you as mothers may be in and um, one of the things that I've encouraged uh, some moms to think of right now is that you're this is a season like you're in a season um, if you're in the season of your children being small and feeling like you're isolated on this island by yourself, um, lots of mothers have been in that season and felt that way. Um, you need to gather people around you that have already experienced that season and say, hey, you do get out of that. Um, I do know that like when the children were small and we moved away and I had like no family, no friends anywhere near, I went through a depression. And looking back now, I can see it as that. Um, but like I was isolated by myself and I thought, nobody knows how this feels. Well, every mother who's been in that experience knows how that feels. Um, but the enemy would have you believe that you're the only one. So if you're in a season right now as a mother, um, take the time to get people around you that have been through that season that can give you their perspective on how it was for them so you know you're not alone so that they can speak encouragement to you. And um, you will go through another season and it's going to be okay. So those are just some things that popped in my head when y'all were talking about um, <clears throat> growing up and becoming a mother. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is a, a difficult holiday for uh, some people because uh, for different reasons. And one of them is, uh, you know, when you lose a child. Um, and Sierra lost her first baby. 
tell us a little bit about like how does you know I know some moms when it comes to Mother's Day they just let's move on kind of thing how did you deal with that and uh, just give us a little of your perspective well in 2017 um, I was pregnant with my first daughter and her name was Novalyn and I remember in August when I was I was like really big and I was I had stopped working and everything and I was preparing um, for the delivery of the baby and I remember telling my husband hey I haven't felt the baby move all day and he was like I'm sure she's fine you're you just gotten really big mm -hmm. and she doesn't have any room in there and so I remember just kind of getting sick um, after he said that and I went to the hospital just to you know just to check on her to make sure she was okay and when I went they couldn't find a heartbeat and normally when we go they always have a hard time because she was a breech baby and <clears throat> they called one of the the techs in there um, the ultrasound tech and she she took about five seven minutes and couldn't find anything Wow! and she was like just give me a minute and I was in there alone and I just started praying and I was like this this can't be happening I can't this can't happen to me and I remember um, just praying over my baby and even prior to that I was having like dreams all the time about premature death of my baby and I was fasting and praying you know just doing biblical principles of what I knew how to do so I would have other people to fast and pray with me because I was like, this, this is not God's will for me. But um, in that room, I just began to pray. And then the doctor came in and she was like, um, let's just, you know, um, just start the delivery process because your body is already in delivery. And um, I remember calling my husband and he came and we were just in faith that God was going to, you know, bring us a miracle, yeah. you know, turn it around. And when it all happened, I was just in shock. I was in such disappointment. I was full of regret. I um, blamed myself for all of it because I worked a whole lot because I wanted to make sure we could provide or we had what the baby needed, you know, because I grew up without having things and what I needed. So I wanted to make sure my child had what she needed. And when it, when it all happened, um, I just was in disbelief. And I was really angry. And I remember the night um, that I had to stay in the hospital after having, a known, having Novalin, um, I, I heard a baby next door just crying. It was like a newborn baby. And I remember just questioning the Lord how, what am I going to bring home? I've prepared a place for this child. What am I going to bring home to occupy her room? And I just began to cry. And I, I remember hearing the Lord give me the scripture about um, that he goes to prepare a place for us so that we may be there also. Um, if, if he hadn't gone to prepare the place, he wouldn't have told us. So, And so I remember that scripture, and I began to cry. And again, perspective came. And in that moment, it's like my, my perspective shifted from just 
crying about the what I dealt with, the loss of my child to um, people who were lost, like lost souls. And I just began to cry. Like there was compassion that came out of the experience of losing a child. You know, yeah. there was compassion that I did not always have for people. You know, there were, you know, people who dealt with depression and different things. I would always say, I would never deal with that. Yeah. You know, but when it happened to me, God allowed me to experience compassion mm -hmm. for people and not even just for those who are depressed, but those who have lost children. And um, I just remember in that moment that um, what God was just doing in me then, but I just experienced a different perspective at the time of what God was doing, but it didn't at the time completely change the grief that I was feeling, the the void that I was feeling and the emptiness that I was experiencing. Yeah, that was so powerful. Um, you had said something, and you guys have to forgive me, uh, my throat was sore, but um, you had said something about the Lord um, giving you that revelation that he had lost kids too. Mm -hmm. And so he's lost them for... Uh, because they choose an eternity away from him. Yes. Yes, I remember um, when he gave me that revelation. Um, when he gave me that scripture about that he prepared a place. And that there, when his children, when they die without salvation or they die, die without receiving him. That he, like it's like I was able to experience what he, what he experienced. And yeah. this was a revelation for me that women who have experienced the loss of children, mm -hmm. I feel like we, we experience a similar emotion of how God felt when his son went to go, you know, to the cross. But I felt that experience of um, when he was saying that he, there would be a time where he, he, he's not able to bring his children home, the ones that he sent his son Jesus mm -hmm. to die on the cross for. And I begin to sit in that moment and begin to cry out to the Lord for the loss of those who may not, who may not ever, you know, receive the Lord yeah. as their Lord and Savior. And um, I don't know, just like I said, a different compassion came in that moment, you know, because I could have been selfish and just sit in that moment and just cry from what I was going through. But it was like a deeper um, compassion and burning and a desire or um, just crying out for the loss of people who may not ever or who don't know or understand the need for to receive the Lord. And um, I don't know, it was just an overwhelming experience, you know, because I will be able to go and see Novelin one day. Yeah. But to, mm -hmm. but for God, the Bible says that um, Jesus said that I will, even if you lay your, your, um, Make your bed in hell that I will be there. Yeah. And the thing about it is as a parent, as a father, a good father, nobody wants to see their children in anguish or in, you know, in that type of situation. But I will be able to go and see Noble and my firstborn. But to experience or to even think about how God feels when he can't take his children back to a place that he created for them in the beginning. That's such a, a heartbreaking thing. You know, it's such a, um, just a very heartbreaking thing that you can't, you can't change that. You can't, um, like um, 
they said you can't force that. Mm -hmm. But um, that's just how merciful and gracious God is. He gives us chance after chance and an opportunity after opportunity um, to to seek him and to love him mm -hmm. and to receive him. Did you uh, deal with any anger uh, at God or anything like that? Because you were fasting, you were praying, you were doing all of the things. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and I know you personally, and you live that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like you weren't, you didn't just start doing it because, uh, well, I'm in a tough spot. Like you really do live that. Mm -hmm. I was extremely angry with God. Um, there were times where people would try to talk to me about um, God allows everything to happen. This is God's will, and I couldn't receive that. I was so angry with God because I'm, I'm like, you're so much God. Why did you allow this to happen? Mm -hmm. You know, I live for you. I love you. Why would you hurt me like this? Yeah. Why would you bring this pain on me? And... I was so angry. I remember being so bitter. I didn't pray. I didn't want to, I didn't even want to be around people who I knew that were prayer warriors. I just did not want to be bothered with any of it. Mm -hmm. And I remember this one instance where Quentin came into my room and I was just looking at the wall. I was like numb. I was just out of it. And I remember he was just telling me, we have to shake this off. This, this atmosphere is, is just heavy. And I'm just sitting there because I, I just didn't want to hear that. And he began to pray. He began to declare the scripture um, to throw off the, the spirit of heaviness for the garment of praise. Mm -hmm. And he just began to praise the Lord. And I'm just looking like, what are you doing? How could you praise our, this God that allowed this to happen to me, this God that gave me a prophetic word that my daughter and I would have the relationship that I've always wanted with my mother. I was extremely angry. I was extremely hurt. And I was like, God, what do I do now? Does this, does this prophecy not come to pass because I don't have a child anymore? You know, and I remember Quentin just, he was just still praising the Lord. And I could remember hearing like something breaking. It was like something like shattered. And I began to cry profusely, like just cry. And I knew that this was just the Lord doing this for me because I didn't have the strength to do it. I wasn't even in the right state of mind to do it on my own. But. I felt something break and I began to cry out loud and I began to cry in adoration because of all the things I dealt with in life before this, I couldn't deny the fact that God was God and he was sovereign. Even though I didn't understand the situation that he was still God, he still loved me. My story wasn't over. He still had a plan for me. He still was, he just still had a plan for my family and that prophetic word he gave me was still alive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so after that, I began to adore the Lord. And I can just feel like peace flood my, my being, flood my soul because I was so broken. And I was so broken to the point I just 
I just thought that God couldn't fix this, this part in me because it was so broken and I was so angry. So. Where are you at in that process now, though? Like, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, you've, there, you've been through a lot of healing. Mm -hmm. You guys have had, you know, beautiful Anona. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so um, when the Lord blessed me in 2018 with um, Anona, it was a different experience. I was in awe when I had her on um, June 26th. I was in awe, and I was just overwhelmed. I cried almost every day. I didn't sleep for three days because mm. I was just like, God, you trust me with this baby. And she smiled. She was always smiling mm. and laughing. And it was just like she just looked at me with love. And I could look at her, and I can feel the love of God. It was like God was letting me know that his, his love for me was an extension of him through Anona. And... um. I would cry all the time, and um, I don't know. I was just so overwhelmed, and I, would, I wouldn't let anybody keep her because, I don't know, I was like, this is my baby. Like, God gave this baby to me. I'm not letting her go out, get out of my sight. And so um, time went on, and I started to feel myself drift back into depression because I felt part of me was still wanting the first baby. I'm like, why am I dealing with this again? I thought that after having the second baby that I wouldn't feel, you know, any more of this or this would, wouldn't be so hard for me. But I remember drifting back, like every time her birthday would come, the day that I had the first baby, like that feeling of grief would flood me so heavy. And um, this was actually probably the, her last birthday. I remember calling you guys. It was so heavy to the point I felt like, I wanted to kill myself. I felt suicide so heavy. And I remember this time where Quentin and Anona were getting ready to go to the store. And it was so unbearable. I remember texting Pastor Rife and I said, hey, can you talk? And he was like, yeah, him and Pastor Rife, him and uh, Pastor Shea called, or I called them and I just explained to them that I was, I was ready to just die. And they began to speak life into me. But I told them I was preparing to take my own life while Anona and Quentin were at the store. So I thank God for y'all for being in my life. For speaking life into me because I felt like I had none then and even though I thought having Nona and my my husband I thought I you know you have those things you think that that's all you need but God was just like showing me that yeah I created you for relationship but I'm the only God that can fill those voids and so I was trying to you know, put other things in those mm -hmm. spots that was just only spots, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, spot that God could feel. And so um, <clears throat> I remember experiencing that, and you guys spoke life back into me. And then later on, it would come back, like something would trigger it again. Like I watched a movie, and I don't know, I just felt it again. And I'm like, why is this happening to me, God? Why do I keep experiencing this? 
And then Quentin and I, we just got in our bedroom and I was like, Quentin, I don't know what this is, but it's so heavy. It's so heavy. And we began to pray. And there was like, um, I don't know, God gave Quentin revelation about me having unforgiveness towards myself. I was still dealing with unforgiveness that I blamed myself for the loss of my child. I blamed myself for working too hard. I blamed myself mm -hmm. for trying to prepare and do all of these things that um, they say pregnant people were not supposed to do. Um, I've heard people tell me you're not supposed to lift your hands above your head. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to pick up things that were too, you know, this, this weight, this weight size. And I did all of those things. And I didn't realize that I was walking in unforgiveness towards myself. I had blamed myself for the loss of my child. I had blamed myself for not, for not um, being conscious of what my body could allow, and so I blamed myself. But in that instance, we, were, we went through a time of affirmation. I had to declare over myself that I, I repent, you know, I forgive myself. It was not my fault. It was not my fault. Good. It wasn't my fault that that happened. Yeah. And we had to declare over, over myself that, you know, that God, we had, we had to basically just to declare the love of yeah. God. And I had to reject those thoughts and those, those suggestions that were given to me. You know, um, every time the anniversary of her, her delivery came. And so I had to go through a time of um, deliverance from unforgiveness um, to myself. That's so good. Man, uh, go ahead. I tell you what, um, if you're one of these people uh, in the room, you'll, you'll know what I'm about to say is true. Like, this is ministering to people in this room at such a deep level. There are so many people in here that somewhere on this spectrum... <clears throat> Uh, you're being ministered to at a very deep level. And just like she said, you know, it was not her fault. Um, I want to just take a moment to, to tell you, those of us who have children who are grown, like, it is, it is not your fault. Like, the things that might be your fault, um, Shay and I, we just took responsibility for what was our fault. And then there are some things that are not our fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault uh, where they may be right now, all of yours. It's not your fault. And the enemy will attack you in those areas. And there are people in here that are, that you've got young kids that uh, they're, they're not old enough yet to have experienced life. And hear me, one day you're going to need to remember those words. It's not your fault. There comes a point where your children uh, are going to be their own adult, willful selves, and they're going to make choices and they're going to break your heart and, you know, you won't agree with them. And you, you'll just have to be patient and graceful and very prayerful. And 
uh, I declare over my family all the time um, that my family uh, will be saved. My family uh, is saved, you know, and I don't mean to imply that my children aren't walking with the Lord. I'm just saying, like, my children, my home will be saved. The end. And I refuse to accept anything else. Um, so I, I just felt like somebody needed to hear that it's not your fault. Uh, I had the privilege of knowing both uh, Alan and his brother Jess, who is not here today. But uh, I had the privilege of knowing both of your parents. Very godly people. Uh, and, you know, Mother's Day can be tough for folks and... Tell us why it could possibly be tough as it relates to you. Um, this is actually the second Mother's Day since Mama has, as I like to say, gone on to the home office. <laughs> uh, the first one, honestly, is a blur. I don't, I don't really remember much about it. The I Mother's spent, Day. Yeah, I don't remember last 2020 Mother's Day. She died March 2nd last year. Um, mm-hmm. So the first Mother's Day, may I have it's. A lot of that year is just a blur. Um, I never really, it took a long time to process that. And I'm, I'm still doing it. Jess and I would tell you, we had parents that were fantastic at what they did. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, loving, kind, understanding, willing to be vulnerable, teach you while they're making a mistake, hey, I messed this up. Here's how you do it right. Always pointing us towards Jesus. Always serving and loving people. We grew up that way. Took it for granted that other people grew up that way. Learned later in life, they didn't. You know, I'm probably early 20s before it dawns on me, man, I didn't realize that my parents were great at this. Mm-hmm. And I, remember, I feel like in my whole parenting journey of my own, I feel like 18 years got condensed into five, which was difficult. And something would happen, and it would make me think, oh, man, I remember that thing I did when I was a snotty 12-year-old. Man, and I would, you know, call mom and daddy or text them and be like, hey, this happened it made me think of this. I know y'all have long since forgiven me. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Being a parent, you get a better perspective on it. But last year was just a blur. This year, I, I never really got to the point of being angry at God about it. I didn't do that. I worked up to the point of being, of letting myself be angry. I spent probably the first two or three months after mom died just in a fog. I did not understand why I was feeling what I was feeling. Mm -hmm. I was like, because my initial reaction, and I learned this from mom and daddy, you take care of people that are hurting. Well, I had people around me that were hurting. Lauren was upset. Jess, you know, wanted to make sure Hayden and Nolan were okay. And then Daddy was just devastated. Mm-hmm. So I lived with him for 
the first week. He came home with us, and then I went to Brickhaven and lived with him. I mean, I mean, I slept in the bed next to him where Mama would have slept because he was done. He would just wake up in the middle of the night and be crying and you know grabbing my arm and so I just didn't I I really I can look back now and realize I was. I didn't have to do anything with me. I didn't have to do with how I was feeling because there were people I could take care of. So 10 weeks later, daddy does. So 10 weeks later, you're barely your, 10, 11 weeks your later, dad daddy passed. passed. And I'm like, and I'd been the week after mama died. This is when COVID was real big. I got laid off at work. So I had all the time in the world to think and to think and to think about it. And I was, the apartment looked great because I had, I was like, I need projects to not think about this. So, you know, I cleaned and painted and organized the apartment four different ways in the same week. It was great. <laughs> but it eventually got to the point where I didn't have anybody else to take care of. Mm. And I was like, well, I don't really want to deal with this. But that's not who mom and daddy raised me to be. So I got to deal with it. And I, I prayed the first couple of months. I was, it was confusing. I didn't understand. I really thought I was doing something wrong because... I was just thinking, I should be able to handle this better than this. Like, I don't just, you know, I get it. Like, Mama died. I grasp that. But I know where she's at. I never once, it never once made me question my faith. I knew she was secure in that. I knew where she went. I knew where Daddy went. And I was like, why am I so? There were just moments I would get so upset. I'm a crier anyway, but. I would just be sitting there bawling. And there's a lot, there was a couple of family situations going on, and all that was just in a ball together for a long time. And I would be praying. I would go, God, why is this? Mm -hmm. I know where mom and daddy are. I feel like this should be easier. And I, was just, I would pray, and I'd go, just tell me why. You know, I, I need to under, because I'm kind of a straight-line, logical thinker about things. So I need to understand this before I can move on to the next step. And one night, I'm like, it just built up, built up, built up. And it was finally just enough was going on to where my head just cleared for a couple minutes and I could really hear. And I can usually hear God speaking to me pretty clearly. And I had not been able to do that for two or three months. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there praying and I could finally hear, he said, you're so upset because you know she was the first person that ever completely loved and accepted you for who you are. Mm. And it was like, oh, that's what. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm human. 
It's my mother. Okay. And it really, it, it really did feel like about a thousand pound weight off my shoulders. It didn't immediately make everything <clears throat> simple. It made a lot of things easier. But, you know, it coming to that understanding and going, oh, I'm allowed to just go through this. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. You know, I know that when we lost my dad uh, to cancer, my sister was so angry at God. And um, she had to, to go through that process of just being, um, getting... You know, you, you ever had to forgive God. Uh, she had to forgive God. And uh, I totally went a different direction with it. Um, I, I've always been the kind of person that I want to be prepared. And, you know, my mom's 88. She's in great health. But, uh, you know, I know that, like, you know, I don't know, 5, 10, 20 years, you know, like 25 but she's not going to last forever. And um, I, I've always wanted to be the person where I want to be uh, prepared. And I, I'm not going to blame the Lord for those kinds of things because, again, this is just where I've come. This is my story. Uh, I just know God's ways are higher than our ways, and they're different, and they don't make sense to us all the time and at the very end of all things for me I'm okay with saying I don't understand that but God is good and that's good enough for me um, you know as we just tidy things up right quick um, I know that all of you have different places uh, where you are in your journey with your mom or either your kids. Um, some of us, uh, you know, in the room, like you might be the dad that you're actually are the mom and the dad. Um, so you take on a lot of responsibilities of both parents. And wherever you are on your journey, I, I hope that you can take a step closer today to uh, honoring God's command to us that says, honor your mom and dad because it's the right thing to do and because you belong to me. And uh, some of us uh, have parents that uh, have gone on to be with the Lord. Some of us had great parents that were model, you know, June and Ward Cleaver uh, uh, models. Some of us had terrible models. Some of us uh, had drug uh, parents addicted to drugs. Some people have uh, infidelity that they had to go through. Some never even knew their dad. Like there's just such a wide swath of people in the room when it comes to, to parenthood and mothers.